Hello, and welcome to episode five of the Digital Success Powered by Intelligent Automation podcast. My name is Bruce Miranda, and I am the Intelligent Automation Enablement Director here at Latitude. And today I have with me a visionary from the banking innovation space, Chris Nichols, Director of Capital Markets at South State Bank, one of the biggest regional banks to adopt intelligent automation today. Welcome, Chris, and thank you for being here with us today. So it has been a great ride, and we are very proud to have partnered with you in this intelligent automation journey, Chris. And and I'd like uh, you know for you to start, if you could, uh, tell us a bit about how the journey started for Center State, uh, now South State Bank, and the impact uh, that you saw. You know, we we looked at a variety of different uh, providers to to try to figure out which one to use. We were in that process when PPP hit us, so about a year of looking and doing trials of different vendors. Chose UiPath mostly because of the agility, um, the ability to use it at the line or the citizen developer, um, and, and the uh, I think the business model, the pricing at the time, it was probably the most economical that we could just try a single bot, and now we have 10. Um, so we built it up, and it's been a great experience combined with Latitude. Um, fantastic. Many, uh, many days during that PPP were 24-hour shifts, and Latitude was right there with us. So uh, my hat's off to both those companies for helping us out through some uh, tough times. The PPP, I think, is just the prototypical process of where, um, you know, we employ RPA. And I think there's one thing, Mario, that um, I think is, is lost on a lot in, in that there's there's gains almost anywhere you look. It is rare. Uh, and, and I was previously chief strategy officer now uh, post-merger uh, director of capital markets, but still handle a variety of products, SBA and a couple other things. But there's, there, it's rare that I find, talk to a business line owner, and there's not a process that can't be automated in some fashion. Some gains are usually always in the double digits, if not the triple digits. And so that's my biggest challenge. And I think our bank's biggest challenge is finding out where to employ RPA uh, most, most efficiently and how to, figure that, how to figure that out of when to use it and when not to. But for the most part, uh, you know, PPP, we designed this digital process. And uh, almost at what we thought was an end at the time, and it either wasn't or the SBA changed something or a process dictated that we changed something and we had a gap. And so we use RPA to fill in that gap as best we can. And that's kind of the model going forward. Uh, we do a lot with debit card processing, um, uh, line of credit processing and a couple other um, you know, features and even just you know, things, things that you do on your desktop. So um, simple compliance postings and and things like that are, are now all automated, or at least I try to automate wherever I can. Uh, and so ultimately, I want a full-blown business process, a standardized workflow for all our employees and all our customers. But in the middle there, we'll employ RPA in kind of a short-term measure. And maybe it's one-time process, or maybe it's you know for a couple of years until we can basically change that workflow to handle it all in one single process. But it's, it's been a lifesaver um, where we would have uh, you know, multiple people working overtime to try to figure out some of these manual processes, like lines of credit processing, um, where we basically saved you know, three, three full-time equivalents. You led the automation of all SBA PPP loan processing operations. And, uh, and that resulted in 25,000 loans processed, $2.8 billion in funds disbursed, but more importantly, uh, 325,000 Americans remained employed. So when your bank executives saw these results, um, 
what was their reaction in regards to robotic process automation? How did they take the news uh, that they got all that lift from from robots? Yeah, I mean, the funny part was people kept hearing about these robots and, you know, they wanted to, wanted to know what they looked like. And, and it was kind of kind of funny. And so we actually ended up naming them. And, and you know, we merged. We were at Center State. You know, we were $15 million back. We merged with South State. Um, South State actually had a very similar experience. And they actually went a step farther in naming their, their bots. Um, and so that was kind of funny that they had to take on lives of their own. Uh, people kind of looked to them. And, and now, you know, the beauty of it is after some success, you know, people a lot of ask like, hey, can we get Marvin going? Can we get this bot over here working for us on this? Uh, and so that's, I think, a sign of success is when you have, you know, various people throughout your organization, you know, thinking first about, you know, not just the data is what we've trained them to do, but now they're asking about the bots of where can it go? So that's been, uh, I, I think, a win. And again, you know, I wish we had more time and more resources because I know we could use RPA in many different areas as well. We've actually formed a, um, a banking alliance or a consortium um, that I'm happy to share with other banks, but where we trade ideas and kind of look at each other's ROI and kind of, you know, look at how they're using them and the routines that their bots use and see if we can use it. So um, I think success abounds. Awesome. Sharing is caring, indeed. And I'm sure people listening will be interested in learning more about this consortium. Um, so we'll be able to share some of that information with the people who, who reach out to us, of course. Now, I, I need to ask you something that we uh, are asked often, and, and that is, is, is ROI king? Is it the only or main metric to keep in mind when thinking about automation? Because what we have seen is that it's best to automate what is manual, to focus on making the process more efficient instead of spending time questioning said process. Um, is that the same stance you've taken? Yeah, that, I think you hit it. You know, we try, we always start with an ROI, see if we can work that up and then ask, you know, two questions is one, you know, what are we missing in the process and how, you know, I, I constantly go around talking about the process is usually the problem. It's not the manual work and the automation. Usually the process is where we get the biggest cost saves. And so looking at what can we redesign the process to do, one, just to suit the customer and keep the customer in mind, but also what does this technology allow? How does this technology allow us to change the process? And kind of, we always take a step back and kind of relook at that. And sometimes just, you know, having a, you know, what I call a low ROI project, which is, you know, usually still in the double digits, still meets a hurdle rate, just trying to do something and then, you know, relook at, okay, how can we increase in it, the efficiency of this process is, is, is a start. And two, there's a lot of externalities, um, accuracy and customer well-being. Um, you know, when we calculate ROI, it's also hard to figure out that opportunity cost of, yeah, we're going to save those six hours of that employee's time a day, but that employee can also now go out and do something else. And that's exactly. always hard to kind of calculate. So we're just trying to get in the right ballpark. Our ROIs aren't any more accurate than anyone else's, but at least, you know, I like to think that we're within, you know, 10%. Uh, of uh, you know what the expected ROI is, and that's pretty pretty much good for us. Thank you so much, Chris. These are very valuable recommendations for bankers who may be experiencing analysis paralysis to some extent, uh, and still on the fence and worrying about the opportunity cost you mentioned. Now, I'd like our audiences to get a feel for the spectrum of the processes that you can and may have automated already. So the question is, what were the highest and lowest value processes that you automated and, and why? 
you know, I mean, Lois is definitely, you know, things on my desktop that I just hate to do every time. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I think compliance and, and, you know, there's a single bot process and then there's, you know, as you, you all know, string bots together. So, you know, I uh, have a bot that plays around with scraping uh, the risk rating of any new um, regulatory proclamation. And so um, we use a separate service for that. But it now looks at what are the hot buttons of any new, um, you know, best practice procedures coming out of the regulators, et cetera. And then it employs that. So as I go through a document or if I'm looking at new policies, um, you know, the bot can kind of highlight certain keywords uh, and, and kind of tune me into, you know, where, where we should be focused. But that's two bots back to back process and it could take take a document and then post it to our we have a compliance workflow that you know, has marketing involved and compliance and legal, et cetera. And so post it that. And so I actually don't know what the ROI is. I just got sick of kind of doing all these processes and kind of strung them together. So, you know, that I keep on the kind of the down low. And, and part of that was me just playing around with the technology uh, to try to get better at it. Uh, my dream is to have, you know, the business line owners, every, uh, you know, every kid coming out of school has, you know, I think a Python background or at least has some coding experience. Um, we don't get that with our middle management and definitely our senior management. And I think that's lacking. So I'm a big fan of having bankers kind of go back to school, take some basic coding classes that if nothing else can kind of understand the problems that, you know, IT faces and the problems with instituting technology. Cause I think, you know, everyone's now a technology officer at some level. And uh, you know, the more we understand what the coding background or what the process is, the better it is. That is a really great point that you brought up about channeling talent to facilitate automation and at the same time uh, relieve the IT burden these projects can cause. And, and I know you're a big proponent of citizens development. Do you think most bankers are able to learn and play with automation technology? Where are we right now in this journey? And, and are there any challenges to be fixed first? Like, is there is there like an internal revolution that has to be brought in? Yeah, so it's it's not true, unfortunately. It's a, it's a dream, you know, in, in a perfect case, it might work and it works for some, but the reality is that, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't have time to do all the coding that I'd like to learn. Um, I'm just trying to figure out which blockchains to look at and I'm just starting to practice today was, you know, set aside some time to do some coding on a, on a different particular blockchain. Um, playing around with, I'd love to have everybody, every banker understand AI, machine learning, data analytics, um, you know, compliance and the list goes on. We don't have enough time on the head and that our best experience is to partner with IT, let IT handle a lot of the heavy lifting there. You know, they were fantastic in this process, setting up our environment, making yep. sure I didn't screw anything up, uh, you know, making sure my, my team had the necessary resources. And then they kind of overlook, I mean, they have certain standards that they want to hit. And so working in conjunction with them, I think, makes everyone better and the bank safer. And so I think that's the model going forward. And, you know, I, I hope we have more time. Um, more resources going forward to get into these different technologies. Uh, but I think it's a dream at this point. It's exciting how you created a consortium to share ideas within the industry. Have you been successful engaging with other companies and openly sharing opportunities and lessons learned across the value chain? Do we have time to look at other industries? Because we do share ideas with about 40 banks. Um, and, you know, that's one of my dreams also is to be able to talk to other industries uh, and just looking, we were talking to an asset manager of a real estate company, and we realized that they, when they do site inspections, they um, have the, you know, somebody on site just take pictures and to do a visual walkthrough of the particular real estate. And then uh, they have a bot 
that strips out the data and verifies, validates the data against Google Maps and a bunch of other things, looking at the authenticity of that picture um, and can give you some feel, you know, and I wish I had time to go see, find out what Walmart's doing and go find out what Amazon's doing, what, you know, everybody else and bring that back to banking. I think there's a whole host of industries that are probably more advanced than banking that we can learn a lot from. Now, when we talk about robotic process automation, we know that robots can do a range of activities and reduce the manual effort by a large extent. But they can also encounter certain exceptions, and these exceptions need to be handled by someone on the actual team, a person. Can you tell us about how you dealt with this situation, which required human-to-robot interaction? Yeah, so you know, it's an iterative process, as you know, and, and you guys were great where we figure out a process. Um, and it also, you know, that while it was a little painful, um, one of the things that did is help us have a better workflow design. So we missed, you know, just human error that we miss a lot of these exceptions. We should have thought about that in the original design. And as you know, programming a bot is a lot cheaper than, whole, you know, restructuring your whole workflow process. So after we got the bot right, you know, whatever money we paid you, it was well worth it because we made that back up when we actually designed the business process to support that and handled all those exceptions up front. The zero or no coding aspect of these automated platforms present great value to the organization. Because as compared to conventional software and tools, implementing a change into the RPA back process is only a matter of a few hours of implementation. And, and this is where the citizens development aspect comes in, right? Where operations can implement the change aspect without depending on IT support to actually change these processes. And as you go on to make more of your processes intelligent, it becomes clearer that there are more and more opportunities to automate. The question is, how do you spot these opportunities for automation and how do you handle them? Yeah, and the, the practical uh, converse of what you're saying is, you know, when, when I try to automate a process or when we try to automate the process to the bank, you know, the first question asked is the employee says, well, hey, that was my job. Are you eliminating my job? And you know, what I say to him is, you know, the tenant that you, that you brought up is, no, we're freeing you up. And, and I always challenge them, like, you can't really point to me a time in history when, when humans were actually displaced by robots. It may be short term, but what happens is in almost every situation, and Amazon is a prototypical example that employs yep. more robots than anybody else. In every typical example, that company, that, that process gets more efficient, frees the employee up to do other things. And I wish, you know, if I could, you know, if I could have our bank, you know, um, replace 50% of our employees, I could use them better serving the customer, learning AI, you know, getting into other areas. I mean, we've just scratched the surface on decentralized finance and everything else. So there's a bunch of other areas I'd love for them to focus on, have that white space to think about that would really make these huge gains. Because I think, you know, some of these things like AI, data analytics, blockchain is going to change our industry entirely. That's really where we should be focused on the future, get out of these mundane tasks. And so, um, it's a great point to free that up, and I'd love to see our employees more productive in other areas. So, Chris, looking forward to 2022, can you tell us three things that you have in mind for for your robots? You know, we're just going to look for other areas. We don't, I don't, you know, that's uh, not my purview for the most part. Um, our IT group has a lot of processes already lined up. Um, we are still cleaning up, you know, some M and A. We have another acquisition. So I imagine, uh, you know, job one is to use those robots um, for that integration. 
um, that's coming up next. Um, and do, do clean up on the last one. Um, so that's up there uh, on the small business side. Uh, that's, you know, we have about three or four processes that I want to try to use the robots for there. Uh, lots of ideas a, a mile long. So, um, you know, I think it's mostly going to be around lending uh, for the most part, automates the process. I mentioned the consumer side. I know we have an initiative to try to automate that, digitize that. Um, so I'm sure the robots will play a big part there. So integration and focus on the consumer, including contact center, could be a big area then? Right? Yeah, that's just in, in my world. I'm sure, you know, on the compliance side and HR side, they have probably 40 or 50 other uses uh, for bots. Wow. As well. Great. Just great. I have to say thank you uh, for sharing that with us, Chris, and and thank you so much for being here today. For everybody listening, Chris Nichols is a thought leader in the banking transformation space. You can follow him on LinkedIn where he regularly shares interesting insights. And if you'd like to know more about increasing agility and scale for your banks using intelligent automation, log on to www.latitude.com. That's L-A-T-E-E tud.com. Thank you for listening to the Digital Success Powered by Intelligent Automation Podcast. And see you in the next one. Take care.